0: episode I talk with Billy Cassano. I call him the wanderer because that's sort of what he is. He had a big corporate job and he left it to go wandering around the world. Basically what he did is he decided that he wanted a new life design. He wanted to design it the way it was most important to him. What's really cool is that that changes over time as you'll hear in his story. So here he is, Billy Cassano. Hi, Billy. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Jane. How are you?
0: I'm Great. So, um, first of all, I always think it's fun to tell people how we met. And this story is becoming a broken record, but we met on the Oasis, on the Entheos Oasis. And um, what caught my attention to you right off the bat was something like, I quit my corporate job and took a year off. I think that's, Mm. is that a pretty good summary of it? Something like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, it ended up being um, kind of a longer journey than that. But Um, but yeah, that was probably my profile description.
0: Yeah, I think it was. And I, and I was thinking, I want that. How did he do that? So then I had to follow you and like watch everything that you wrote to see how that happens. So why don't we start with, um, tell me a little bit about how that happened.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out like where to actually start.
0: (laughs) Well, I was born at, no, you don't have to go there. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, St. Elizabeth's hospital. No, uh, let's see. Okay. So. So, you know, I'm originally from St. Louis and I moved out to Chicago trying to figure out my whole like career path thing. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, and so when I went out there, I was waiting tables, ended up waiting on my boss who, who ended up being my boss for three and a half years. And while I was doing the corporate thing. I went to business school trying to figure out, you know, what it is that I wanted to do kind of thing. And, you know, I really like learning and I don't feel like I'm the most disciplined person all the time. So I like to throw myself into situations where I kind of have to show up. (laughs) So business school, you know, was one of those things for me. Um, but you know, once it started coming to an end, um, you know, and actually you, you, we were just talking briefly and you were talking about, you know, burning the candle on both ends, you know, when I was working, and doing business school at the same time, it really took its toll on me. Um, and one thing that really helped me out a ton was doing the flotation tanks that they have up in Chicago. They have them all over the, the States, but, you know, like the whole sensory deprivation where you, you, you know, you float for about an hour. It's basically forced meditation. Right. Um, and then I, I remember I took a trip to Argentina, a nine day trip. It was just before Christmas in 2000 and uh, I want to say 13. And when I was on my way back, I was on the airplane, and I had this, like, it just felt like a primal urge to just jump off the plane and stay.
2: In Argentina?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Uh I was in um, Buenos Aires on my way back to Chicago sitting on Uh the plane, and as it was, you know, we were getting ready to take off, I I just had this weird sensation that I didn't want to leave. And I stayed on the plane, and then for the next hour and a half, I wrote about why I didn't get off the plane and why I'm heading back to Chicago and if if what I like what is it in Chicago that's so important that's keeping me from doing what I want to do in my life? And just really wrote down all the different things. And then by the end of that flight, I had committed to figuring out by August, when my lease was up, mm-hmm. by August I was gonna, you know, figure out how to break all those ties that were keeping me from doing what I wanted to do, which was, you know, be a little bit more free to 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 roam.
0: Okay, so we have a problem. I think I have about 150 questions, just on that okay. much so far. Oh my gosh. So like Okay, let let I have to go back again. Okay, so you you went we from We like, have high a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. Don't you like it when someone starts it with that? But I thought that would get you <laughs> yeah. excited and, and and really get you braced to answer all
1: these questions. So <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> So, if we go back to you, when you went from St. Louis to Chicago, was that like out of yep. high school?
1: That was right out of uh college actually. Out of
0: college. Okay. And What was your what did you go to college for?
1: Um international business.
0: Ah, and minor in Spanish. Ah. Yeah. Okay, so that adds up a little bit. That's helping me. I'm trying to figure out how you put all this together. <laughs> okay, so then you went so you're waiting tables after college. Yeah. Okay. Was it hard to get like what what was that about? Was there were there not <laughs> like tell me about that. Just curious. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. So so yeah, no, that's um it's interesting even thinking about this stuff. I haven't thought about it in a while. Yeah. Um so, you know, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine had moved up to Chicago. And so the plan was that <laughs> I was going to finish my undergrad with a trip to China. There was a, a month-long China, it was called the the China Business Study Tour. Okay. And uh I was going to right after that fl- literally fly back to Chicago instead of St. Louis, stay up there with my buddy while he was, you know, he started working at a law firm Mm -hmm. and just, you know, figure out how to interview and get out there and get a job in Chicago and start my, you know, that, that new chapter. Um, it ended up that I broke my leg in China. So So by the time I got back,
0: you were in China Yep. and you broke your leg.
1: Okay. Yep. (laughs) And it's not even a good story. Like I was drunk, (laughs) I was drunk and trying to like,
0: that is a good story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It actually is a good, pretty good story, but it's, it's, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't fall off the great wall or anything, but so, so that was, you know, that it really crushed me though, because when I got back to Chicago, I, you know, I wanted to stay up there, but like my leg was messed up and Mm -hmm. and it was just, it was just not the right situation. So I had to go back to St. Louis and kind of heal up. And Mm -hmm. then I was broke and, and, um, my finances just got way out of whack because I was, you know, I wasn't working. I couldn't wait tables. My APR for one of my credit cards jumped up to like 32.4 or something. It was, you know, I don't remember the exact number, but right. I remember when I told my dad, he just looked at me and he said, that's criminal. You know, like he, he was like, I remember it's like, like the you mob. know, just seeing his face. it's like the
0: mafia has your, your credit card. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and you have so a broken had,
0: leg, So that's not connected though. Right.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, already, I already owed a ton of money. That's why. Yeah. But so, so I had to figure all that out. And I remember even thinking like, Oh man, like this, my whole plan is kind of, you know, just way out of sorts. Um, but it 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 worked out really well like o- over time because i remember i had this crazy like epiphany where you know i was laying on a couch you know um for a month and a half you know just trying to get it all figured out and trying to heal and trying to do you know whatever it took to to heal quicker which you, there's not a lot you can really do but mm-hmm. one thing that came to my mind was you know i wasn't necessarily taking full advantage of the fact that I had an able body before I broke my leg. And now that I couldn't use it the way I wanted to, it was just, it was just right in my face that, you know, don't take this stuff for granted. You know, I get, I get a chance to heal. Mm -hmm. That's not guaranteed, you know? So, so as I was, you know, healing, I was doing a bunch of like push-ups and really trying to get every other part of my body like back into what I would consider, you know, a a decent shape. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually I got back to waiting tables in St. Louis and saved up like $400 or something like that and jumped on a train and went and started crashing at my buddy Mike's apartment again, kind of like the, the original plan, but it right. took, you know, many, many more months than I had anticipated. Um, so then, you know, I, I knew some people up there and I, I was on the trade. I was on, I did a couple different jobs, which I don't think is necessarily relevant. Okay. Um, right. But eventually, um, and I, I'm, I'm open to talking about it, but it, no. you know I was, I was on the trading floor and uh-huh. worked at a couple different restaurants and one of the restaurants that i was at was a little bit more like vocal you know like where you could it wasn't the first restaurant i was at was very fancy so mm-hmm. it's not like you just strike up conversations right um, okay. but the second one was like a little bit more you know you greet you greet the guests and kind of ask them how they're doing and all mm-hmm. this different stuff and i noticed that any time i mentioned that i was from st louis they you know 9 times out of 10 people would say, Oh, what brings you to Chicago?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I, that was the best question anyone could ask someone who's looking for a job in Chicago. Cause they right. asked me, right, you know? Right. So, so anyway, so that was my kind of approach. And, and eventually I, I, you know, ended up waiting on somebody who was, who was actively looking to hire and, and liked, um, you know, he, he, he it was an IT position actually, which is weird because <laughs> I, I have no experience in IT, but, but he said, you know, I need a people person and uh-huh. he liked, you know, in our IT. conversations.
0: In IT, he needed a people person. So ironic. <laughs> well, it was, it I was, was like IT. a liaison yeah. role. Yeah. I was in IT for a long time myself and it, I always think, how did that happen? But anyway, go on. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a people I, person, <laughs> if you can't tell, if you can't tell.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but I think that's the thing, right? In IT, I think the, there, there is, Uh, a need for that, right? Like the liaison between, you know, maybe business needs to a more, you know, um, you know, like the code level. So,
0: so a translator essentially.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I got there. I don't even know if I answered your question.
0: No, no, (laughs) I still have more questions. So you're actually, it's it's like, what I love about this story is, you know, you set a plan and it got screwed up and you actually have have a better plan. You know what I mean? It goes better. Mm. And I think that happens so much in life where you think this is what I was going to do. And now, oh, my gosh, it's screwed up. But in the end, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my gosh. And now it's even better. It's even better than I thought. So you get this job, this IT liaison translator job with the guy. And then you (laughs) go to so then you're in Chicago, you're working that. And then you. So Argentina, was that like a vacation or was that a work related thing?
1: That was a vacation. Yeah. So that was, um, but that, that was, you know, maybe five years after i had started, um, you know, a a few things that, you know, while I was in Chicago, I used to, you know, I think probably a lot of people can relate to this, but you had this feeling like, Oh man, had I stuck with this, I would be this far along now. Mm -hmm. And, and I had those feelings about kickboxing, which I did while I was in St. Louis And the same thing with Spanish, you know, just always thinking like, oh man, if I would have just stayed with it, I would be, you know, fluent by now or I would be whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I started to decide, okay, next, every time I have that feeling, I'm going to use that as Hmm. um, a catalyst to get started again. So that way, when I have that same thought again, two Mm -hmm. or three months from now, I'll have some kind of traction and it won't be, it won't be, I wish I would, it'd be more of, of like, how can I keep diving deeper into it? So I started taking Spanish lessons and, um, the woman that I was doing like the one-on-ones with, she she was from Argentina Mm -hmm. and I'd already had like some kind of fascination with Argentina. Uh, Most of it, I think was from that movie, motorcycle diaries that I, 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 you know, that's a one big piece of it. Mm -hmm. But then just talking to her, learning more about, you know, the, the culture and, and all that, all that just, it became very fascinating to me. So, um, after one of my really difficult quarters, I decided, all right, I'm just going to go down there for nine days and, and, and kind of just
2: experience get it. that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Experience it and kind of just, you know, be with myself and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, Shake no, no off. real, no mm-hmm. real plan. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, I was super stressed, you <laughs> right, know, so.
0: Right. So then so um, that so got, got me Boy- down Boy- there. Yeah. And did you, uh-huh. did you see any other parts of Argentina when you were there or was that mainly mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I did three days in Buenos Aires, three days in Mendoza, and then three more days back in Buenos Aires. Okay.
0: What, so what was the did, most surprising thing for you? Like, what did you see that you were like, I I don't think I could have mm-hmm. lived my life complete if I hadn't seen that? Was there anything like that for you there?
1: That's really interesting question. I know. That one um, caught you off
0: guard, Sorry about that.
1: I think one, one thing that really, you know, and I, I don't know that I'm necessarily answering your question mm-hmm. maybe the best way, but... There was a guy who I, I learned about, a revolutionary guy. Um, his name was San Martin. Mm-hmm. And he was from Argentina. He, you know, he, he was born in Argentina, and his dad was in the Spanish army. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up moving back. I think he was seven years old, back to Spain, fought in the Spanish army for like 20 years. Um, and then there was this huge you know, revolution going on, and he decided to leave and go and fight with Argentina against the Spanish, wow. and and this guy, he I read his biography mm-hmm. later on um, on on a second trip down to South America, and it just inspired the hell out of me. It, it, it's this guy, you know, like there he he he's like he did the exact, you know, like you know people talk about like just you know create your own map. Like he, this guy literally was creating a new map. He he helped. Solidify what modern day Argentina is, and then mm. took troops across the Andes Mountains and fought for the, the the land of Chile, and then they took ships up to Peru, um, to because that's where the Spanish headquarters were, mm-hmm. and then he ended up shifting his way of fighting, and he stopped fighting, and he started to try to use diplomacy, and it just it was really um, it was fascinating, and um, and exactly what you said is really interesting to think about kind of those time periods and just to think, okay, oh, you know, each kind of region in the world kind of has their own stories and makeups and, and all these different, or, or even, you know, hiccups along right. the way. Um, and then, you know, to your point earlier, maybe it didn't go necessarily as planned, but there are some really beneficial things that come from even the things that are maybe less beneficial at first glance.
0: Right. And just to see like that, he, that he, the theme of his entire life, Was that specifically, you know what I mean? Making that difference in the world too. Isn't that like a big area of study for you?
1: Yeah. I I wish it was more of a study. You know, Mm -hmm. I wish I was more disciplined, but I, you know, I I am fascinated with, um, I I don't want to say war, but I I guess I am like, you know, there's a real destructive side of it, but I think the strategy component of war is just fascinates me. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. Because there's so many different things that you, I mean, there's so many different, um, Potential outcomes. You know what I mean? So the like people who can look across all of that mm-hmm. and figure out the best decision with all of the potential outcomes. You know, that's what I think is so mm-hmm. fascinating. That's why I don't play the game Risk because I don't really have that, <laughs> <have> that skill set.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know that I do either. I've never played Risk. I heard it takes days to finish. Yeah,
0: that, that doesn't work <laughs> for me. I'm, I like quick games. So coming back. So you come back from Argentina. You have this epiphany that you – you know, this huge – change shift in you that you want to stay and you Mm -hmm. write out your plan so -hmm. then what happened so when your lease was up what happened how did you get to that point?
1: yeah i mean uh, everything you know i basically i I decided okay i'm gonna save up i'm can like i'm gonna live you know much more frugally save up money uh i'm gonna double down on my class take you know i'm taking i was taking i think i was usually taking one class per quarter but then i was like okay i'm just gonna take two all the way through till august um and uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, just not to sign. You know, basically just to not sign the lease, which mm-hmm. is an easy thing to do. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, the tricky, the trickiest thing was quitting the job. You know, because right. um, especially because of the people that I had worked with. Um, you know, I worked with a lot of really good people. You mm-hmm. know, good people, smart people. And when you, when you, in my situation, when I said, hey, basically, I want to take, I want to leave a great job, a job that, like on paper, that's a, a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And, <laughs> and scary. people kind of turn their heads a little bit and they're like, well, wait a second. Like, you know, um, and you know, like just, they want to, they really want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I remember my, my boss's boss's boss pulled me into a room <laughs> and we talked for about an hour and, you know, we, we were going on and on. and And then finally he said, you know, when you said to me, this just isn't my fight. I completely understood where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, afterwards I kind of thought about it and it was really interesting because during that conversation, he's kind of being a little bit more inquisitive. And, and at one point he just lightened up and he started telling me all his war stories, you know, mm-hmm. all the different career transitions he had done. And, um, you know, so it was difficult. It was, you know, a, a lot of times people talk about putting in their two weeks. I think I put in two months, you know, mm-hmm. like I, it wasn't, it wasn't a quick process. Um, but, but, and I wasn't in a rush necessarily. Right. I, I was just like, I, I just wanted it to, I wanted to make sure that it happened because mm-hmm. my standpoint was really that whole kind of metaphor of Cortez and, and burning the ships. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't have an out. I really wanted to put myself in a situation that I could not go back and, um, and I did, you know, like, and I, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, honestly. Like, I'm glad I did it <laughs> yeah. because, because I, I know that I'm the one that's going to take responsibility for the, the you know, the consequences. Right. Um, but I don't think that's something that I would, you know, actively, every, every person needs to really take their own inventory and understand right. that they're going to be responsible for, you know, the decisions they make, of course.
2: Right.
0: I mean, it's kind of like a free fall in a way, like you take, you take all the security that you have. And you, you make, you take the jump. I mean, even though you're doing things to try to cushion it a little bit, that's something I struggle with is like, when do you go, I'm going to take the full all in leap, burn all the ships and like not have a way back so that I have to do it. And when do you go, you know what, I'm going to just step out a little bit. And if it doesn't work, I can come back. I know part of me wants to take the big leap really bad. But then I yeah. I, I don't know. And I think you were you're probably in a different, you were in a different situation. You didn't have, you know, children to think about. Exactly. And things like that. So I think it's all timing. So you took the leap. And what do you mean? Like, how did you burn the ships? Like what, like, you, did you burn the bridges? Or you, you um, just made sure that you were out completely?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, just basically quitting, you know, the job and, um, you know, to, to the point where, you know, like some of the guys that, that I'd worked with were, Oh, you have to immediately start volunteering somewhere. Cause if you see, if they see gaps in your resume, people oh. in, in, in my mind, I'm thinking like no, I want that. I, I want people to be like you're not. You're not fit <laughs> to to work here because right. I don't want to. I didn't want to get back into that, you know. Right. And and I still may have to. Like it's it's it might you know be the case. I don't have the answers. Right. Um, but it, it was more of. Cause this is the thing while I was working, I would try to do like side project things. Like I would have an idea and I would, you know, I would, I would get some traction and then I would run into an obstacle and I would put it down for, you know, a week. And then that week would turn into two right. and then three then four. Then eventually I have no traction. I don't you know, and, and, um, and, and the main thing was, is that I was going back to safety,
0: Yeah. you know? Yep. I know. I know and, somebody like that. Uh huh.
1: And, uh, and, and, you know, one of, and during those Oasis days, I think one of my favorite quotes, um, and still is one of my favorites is, uh, necessity is the father of creativity. Mm -hmm. I've also heard it, the mother of invention and, and I wanted to create that necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, so that was kind of my, my, you know, my way you know, calculated risk, I I would say in, in some capacity, I think, you know, others would probably like my dad, he would, he just doesn't agree. I, we've, we've had this conversation and, and he thinks it was foolish for me not to find something before I left, but mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I, I kind of didn't know how to explain it then, but I just needed time. You know, right. I just needed some time.
0: You know, you see more and more of that these days, that people are taking a pause and going really, really, what do I want to do? Because um, I think for so long it was, you get this job and you, you work there your entire life if you can, you know, if they keep you mm-hmm. and, um, that's what you do. And we never stop and think about like after a year or after five years or after whatever the time frame is, is this really how I want to spend all my life minutes, you know, or all my work mm-hmm. minutes. yeah So let's get into, um, so I think it's good that you did that. And I think a lot more people are doing it, but I'd like to get into now, what was the adventure? So what happened after you quit? and then you went yeah. on to do your things because i think i was following you all over the place and going oh, i want to be there i want to do that <laughs> very yeah. inspiring so why don't we do that next
1: yeah so you know at first i mean the first thing was is like i think my first intention was uh, okay I'm gonna, i want to i want to find a startup that i can get in i, I either want to start a startup or i want to jump on somebody's doing something inspiring mm-hmm. and so i started just looking around and and then for about like a month and a half and and really made some some good contacts um, but nothing really kind of like stood out, nothing, at least that seemed to be a good fit. And so I was in, um, so I stayed in Chicago for an extra month. I moved to Wicker Park, which is a different neighborhood than I'd ever lived in, mm-hmm. did an Airbnb for a month and met some really cool people doing that. Um, and, and that's, I think really important because I started to realize how much fun it was just to hop around. I mean, yeah. I, I, I sold a bunch of my stuff. I gave away a couch, you know, just like this huge, really nice couch, um, that I just gave away where this girl who came to pick it up, like called me like three times, like, wait, why are you giving this away? (laughs) Like, I I think she was like freaked out, honestly. Um, but, but you know, so I got and the one thing I I don't want to say regret, but I will anyway, but you know, I I regret getting, giving away a lot of the books that I gave away. Mm. But other than that, everything else is just stuff, you know? Right. And so I downsized so that I could move from a one bedroom apartment into a room of an apartment. Um, and then, uh, you know, a lot of holidays were coming up. So I went back to St. Louis and I don't exact I don't know exactly when it happened, but I, I just decided like, I'm going to go to Santiago mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to go. And I think that was a big part of it was, okay, I did a month in Wicker Park and that was an adventure in itself. Right. What if I did a month in Santiago, you know, like, I'd never been to Santiago and I'd I'd just been to Argentina. So it just so happened that it was $300 cheaper to add a nine or 10 day layover in Cusco, Peru.
2: Oh, Um, nice. And
1: yeah, it was perfect. It's like, I, I, you know what, I would love to do that anyway. So, so that's, I had, I bought a one-way ticket to Santiago by way of, of, uh, Cusco. And that's really where this, like, you know, this last two and a half, three years began, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so the, the, of course, you know, I did the regular stuff in Peru, you know, the, Mm. the Machu Picchu thing and hung out in Cusco. And had I known Cusco would have been that cool of a town, I probably would have wanted to stay there longer. It it was, it was awesome. Mm. Um, it it was, um, there, there was, you know, I usually don't talk this way, but there was an energy about that town that I really liked. And, um, but I left, of course, because I had, I had bought the, the leg, you know, I had to, I had right. to, you know, kind of go along that, that journey. And then when I went to, and I got to Santiago, I just had a, a one bedroom apartment to myself for a month mm-hmm. and kind of was like, I kept myself kind of in isolation, um, intentionally, you know, I, I, I started writing. Right, and I started to really think about what, what it meant to really develop fundamental fundamental practices. Mm-hmm. Um, I I started thinking more and more about whether or not it's possible to manufacture serendipity, which mm-hmm. became a, th- a theme over the past you know um, few years. Um, I and I, I believe, took a Do you believe it is? Do you believe you can? Yeah, I think it's kind of an oxymoron in a way, um, because you know if you, by definition you can't necessarily manufacture something that you're not looking for. If that makes sense. Like you serendipity is like one of those things where it just kind of comes to you and like, where you didn't necessarily anticipate it. So to, to be able to manufacture it, but I don't think that's the point in my mind. It's, it's, it's setting yourself up to increase the odds of having some kind of serendipity occur. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that comes and from, from my, if I look back at at times when I feel like things were kind of just firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. It's because I was, you know, um, being honest with myself. I was meditating. I'm, I was writing every day, making sure that I was reading, you know, doing all those things that kept me sharp.
2: Right. Um,
1: and, and I think along those lines is, is on that social component, you know, am I being true to the people that I really care about? And, right. um, you know, and, and I think there's a, a wide spectrum of when when you can say that you absolutely are or are not, or you can improve a little bit. And I think that's a, that's going to be a constant in our lives, or at least I, it seems that way for me.
0: I think though. I mean, when you talk about manufacturing serendipity, I think the other thing is that, like I always say to people, I'm so lucky. Like they, I just like lucky things happen, or things just I have sy- synchronistic events. Like, like waterfall in my life, you know? And in fact, when you were talking just earlier about, um, the, the leader, the, the guy in Argentina, what was yeah, he was he San, S- S-
1: San Martin,
0: San Martin. Okay. So here's the weirdest yeah. thing. Okay. Are you ready for this? This uh-huh. is serendipity. So when I, when I'm going to set up the next question, so prepare yourself. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll like meander down lots of paths yet. But, um, one of the questions that I like to ask, uh, midway through, just to see what what's going on is like, what are you? What's something new that you're curious about? That isn't in like your normal area of curiosity. So something that's just kind of like tapping you on the shoulder and going, Hey,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, I want to, and you go, wow, I do want to learn more about that. So for me this morning, I always like to have an example of what I'm curious about to share. And literally this morning, I was thinking, I wonder how they decide like all the lines of the countries and how how permanent mm. those are and how those shift, and like then you started talking about <laughs> yeah that so that's there to me that's serendipity like I like I had that thought and then you came along and talked about something really related to that, so yeah, um, so yeah, I'm kind of curious about that. I don't know when I'll get that on my list of what I can read about, but
2: mm-hmm. I
0: am kind of curious about that, especially with the way the world's changing so much, and mm-hmm. do we do we really need all those lines, or can we? How can we change that? So, with that, what is something new that you're curious about that's coming up for you?
1: Still thinking about your the, the boundaries you just mentioned because I I'm also fascinated. <laughs> Go by ahead, that, you talk know? about that. Then. <laughs> well, you know, you, you just mentioned. You know, I was just thinking like the the only two landlocked countries in South America are Paraguay and Bolivia, mm-hmm. and when I look at a map and I see that, I'm like, man, they got a bum deal. Like they don't, right. you know, they don't have access to the, you know, to like trade and everything else that, right. that others do. And I would have to believe that there was some kind of war. Right. Like it's not something that you just give up, right? You don't, you don't just give up access to the sea.
2: Right.
1: Um, you know, it, it, at least it seems that way. So there's probably a really, you know, fantastic story and probably even, you know, heartbreaking stories. I mean, even when I was in where was I? I think I was in Chile and Peru and Chile were having these like tense Mm -hmm. negotiations about, about, uh, area of land that they both say is theirs. And apparently they, they kind of have these discussions every few years. Um, because of, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, and it's kind of, you know, operating in the opposite way that I think that a lot of people like in in Theos and, and other places if when we, when we operate in a place of scarcity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything becomes a little bit more tense. Right. And I think right. that's how a lot of nation states will, um, kind of communicate to each other. Not always, of course, but when you do operate in that way, it becomes, uh,
0: it's conflict. Um, it creates conflict. It's
1: conflict. Right. Exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Conflict right. very simply. Yes. Um, but actually, and, and I'll, I'll even segue into maybe the thing that i I'm, I'm interested in it um, I'm out in Colorado visiting a friend, and on my way out here, I was reading about uh, Apollo eight. and apparently that was the first mission that uh, orbited a different celestial body, um, the moon. Okay. So so they you know, they launched out and they they orbited the Earth and then hit the thrusters, went out to the moon, orbited the moon. Ten times, and then hit the thrusters again, and came back, um, and then landed in the Pacific Ocean. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's somebody that knows much more about this that says, you know, that's not exactly correct. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: it's not but, me, so you're safe. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But the, there's one really, really fascinating aspect of that where they talk about Earthrise, where one of the astronauts, I think it was uh, Bill Aldrin, I think, okay. took a picture of Earth, and it was like the first photo that showed earth from the outside and astronauts have all been you know a lot of them come back talking about how they have a different deeper you know feeling about mm-hmm. humanity and 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 exactly what you were just talking about like do what are the, these boundaries right. like one one astronaut i was listening oh, to on awesome. this on this he you know, he was saying like these boundaries exist, but they're not the lines we see on a map. But they're they're these structures that we create, and these you know these effects that we put on nature, and 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 this beautiful fragile ball ripping through space, mm-hmm. and a lot of you know and, and, and we're we're pissed off about traffic, you know, right. and it it just it just gives a whole different perspective. Um, and so I've been reading more about that, and because there's something I'm writing um, that I want to kind of touch on that that overview effect. So I've been reading more about the Apollo 8 because it seems like that was the mission that really kind of opened up a very interesting can of worms.
0: So they call that the overview effect because you get a different the, the different perspective over yep. whatever you're So that you can apply that to many things, right?
1: I I would I hope so. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the that's my key takeaway. Yeah. I mean um exactly. I think, I think I, the,
0: yeah, I think it's just like when we before we got on the call um we were talking about like how in Theos and and the fact that it was an oasis was a way for me to connect with people around the world, on mm-hmm. a very like um, uh like a on a level of really like day to day understanding you know that I never yeah. had before like an insight it's like almost immersing immersing myself in their lives and then yeah. mine and that that in a way was its own overview effect because now I see the whole world differently like it just changed yes. my perspectives so greatly so greatly. Um, that it, it's actually like, t- I took a left turn in my life, you know, or a right turn. I like to take right turns. So let's say I took a right turn in my
2: life. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, well, that's exactly. I mean, you,
1: and you, cause you were talking about, you know, California and possibly going out to Portland and traveling different places. Mm-hmm. When you, when you have that mindset, the, the board, you know, mm-hmm. the, the board changes, right? Like it's not just one dimensional. It's, right. it's a. It's so I think it, it absolutely changes the you know perspective, and I think I think that's so important to actively seek situations that will change our perspective, mm-hmm. um, because you run into situations where you realize that you thought the world was one way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there's okay. more to it, and the more that we can bump up against reality and understand. Um, you know, the universe. And I don't mean that in any mystical way. I mean, literally studying the universe, Mm -hmm. the better we are at understanding what options we have available to us.
0: And I I think we need to do as much of that as we can in a firsthand sort of way. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. like, like all of us flying out to the other edge of the solar system or something, but I mean, like to read sometimes to read like what the news says or what, you know, what, what others have written. It gives mm-hmm. you some perspective, but it may not be the true perspective, you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. What, that's what I think was is wonderful about when you can meet people around the world or in another community, like when you lived in uh, Wicker Park even, or when you go to different places and really immerse yourself in those those cultures and communities, you're getting the firsthand experience versus someone's take on it. And, yeah. Because everything we do, we have our own lens. You know, we have what we mm-hmm. see our, from our own, uh, like, collection of experiences. And so – like for me, that's been the biggest shift—is just really putting myself in more situations where I can experience yeah. more things from my own perspective. So yeah, that—that's a cool. I love this. The overview
2: effect, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I need mm-hmm. to remember that. And thing. there's there is a um, there's a Vimeo. I think it actually is just a movie trailer. Okay. But it's like it's like fifteen minutes, and it's called the Overview Effect. It's on Vimeo, and okay. it's really good. Um, well, I uh,
0: I'll put that up on the show notes. But yeah, tell me about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of what I just said, but it's, okay. it's great because there's interviews from astronauts kind of giving their, mm-hmm. you know, firsthand uh, experience about what it was like. And, and it's, it's, it's beautiful too. And it's, it's great that it's on Vimeo because Vimeo is usually high quality video, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> So, so tell so, me, yeah. tell me this. So it's been about three years now, right? Since you, well, actually like almost exactly three years since you left mm-hmm. your job, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: so what have you been what have you been like doing? Like what is and how have you managed to do this? Because you're still you're still sort of a, a nomad worker, right? Moving around? Nomadic? Worker? Less less better. so now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say less, less so now, you know, I, when I got I got back to St. Louis, um, I want to say in October of last year. And I've been hanging out with the family a lot. Um, You know, my family's still here Mm -hmm. and decided last year to do like some extensive writing and really with the the goal of pulling together a book. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think, I don't know if you mentioned it while we were recording or before, but this whole thing is unfolding in a really interesting way where it's just taking a lot more time than I had anticipated, Mm -hmm. but in, in a good way, right? Like it's, it's in a way that's allowing me to deep dive into some very interesting topics that I normally wouldn't have sat and taken the time to really try to understand. So, um, so I was doing, I'm, I'm still writing, I was writing about two hours a day. That was my goal, two mm-hmm. hours every day on that. And then just driving Uber at night and just trying to, you know, make sure I just got enough to pay bills so I could keep writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, now and just doing odd jobs and things like that. Now I'm I'm helping out one of my buddies has a consulting firm, so I'm helping him with recruiting right now. And, and, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, like after two and a half years of traveling out of a backpack, Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like I've had a lot of experiences, but I haven't been able to kind of put it all into something creative. And that's Mm -hmm. really what I'm trying to focus on now, which is through this writing. Um, and you know, I I don't know. I don't have like real high expectations. I think a lot of people get bothered when I say that. Um, <laughs> it did kind of feel funny. I'll just be, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think it, it's, it's common, you know, but I, to me, it's like my main intention is just to really, you know, you know, it sounds corny, but like write the book that I want to read. And it's, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I am getting that itch again, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, what's, what's the next moves? Like, where, you know, where could I go? Like, what would be like really exciting? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of in between chapters right now. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like where I'm at now. I I feel like I jumped over a few things. Um, uh-huh.
0: I think so too.
1: Let's go but, back. So what? Yeah.
0: where, where are all the places you've been? So how, tell me that, like all the places you've been in the last three years. Probably.
1: Okay. So, so starting back at Santiago, uh, I did the month long there. Actually, I didn't stay the full month. I got I started getting antsy mm-hmm. and, um, I so I decided to uh, take off from there. One of my buddies was was who I used to work with was in um, Sao Paulo, Brazil at the time for work. So he decided he was going to meet me in in Uruguay. So so I went to Mendoza and flew out of Mendoza. And actually, if you're ever in that area mm-hmm. and you're going to go from Santiago to Mendoza, uh, Mendoza is on the like. I guess the West side of Argentina, pretty close to Santiago, if you look at it on a map, but it's okay. through the Andes mountains. So it's, it's, it's about a seven hour bus ride, but I would recommend it because it just kind of, hmm. it gives, it gives you that feel for the terrain as opposed to if you fly, which is, it, it you know, it'd be a lot quicker, of course, but just, I, I, it was kind of like a treacherous drive. Hmm. Um, yeah, and and it's to your point that that first person view of it is mm-hmm. is you know it's it's hard to actually explain, but mm-hmm. it, you you can kind of take that with you. So, so so then you know I was in Mendoza for I think about a week. Met my buddy in Uruguay. We were there for about a week. Uh, he went back to Brazil. Then I went to Buenos Aires again. Mm-hmm. I was there for probably about a month. Um, and then went up to Iguazu Falls, which was a 17 hour bus ride North. Um, and it was amazing. Honestly, it was, it was, um, it's hard to, I mean, it's, you can't really put it in words, but it's right where Paraguay, Brazil and Argentina all meet. And it's just these, these fantastic waterfalls that are just so humbling. And you just, you know, one of those things that kind of just makes you feel small, but just appreciate, you know, how powerful something that you know that's that part of nature can be that powerful and it and it just um you know just standing there for like 20 minutes watching this water just dump like you know I have no idea how many gallons a second you know right right um
0: i've seen i've seen pictures of that and I, i'm sh- and i'm sure it does nothing for what it's like to stand there so even just the pictures like that's on my list that's one of the places i have to see
1: yeah yeah. Well, it's funny too, because, you know, I'm out there trying, you're trying to take pictures you know. and then every once in a while, <laughs> a wind gust would come in and you would just get sprayed by this water. Uh-huh. And you're thinking like, Oh, this is going to ruin my phone. And, uh-huh. and it's also thinking like this waterfall does not care about you, <laughs> it's you know, like, yeah, like,
0: come on, bring it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, so, but anyway, so, so that, that was a really cool town, um, real small town, mm-hmm. but it was very cool. Uh, went back to Buenos Aires probably for another, um, I don't know, maybe a month. Probably okay. less than that. So how long, and, and, like overall,
0: were you in South America? Like it sounds like maybe three or four months.
1: That's about right. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then yeah. then did you come back to the states? Because I know you also you also did a one or two trips to Bali along the way. Is that, Is that right? Yeah, that right?
1: yeah, exactly. So so yeah, I went back to the states and kind of hopped around. I mean. A lot of like what I was doing, like I said, I was in a backpack, you know, so right. I was just kind of like, just, just going from place to place, you know? So I went back to St. Louis, um, I was dating a girl at the end of that first trip. And so uh-huh. we dated for, I think about three months, mm-hmm. um, which changed the trajectory a little bit, you know, like I, I was kind yeah, of, yeah, that's not,
0: how that goes. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, and, um, yeah. So like I, I ended up going to Mexico city, I didn't anticipate doing that and, uh-huh. So, you know, a few, a few of those kind of like trips that just weren't on the original plan, or I don't even know if there was original plan, right. but.
0: So there were detours, but detours are the best, man. Detours yes. Are like,
1: and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And going back to the States, you know, one of my favorite things to do was I have friends in Southern California and Northern California. And so I would, I think I did this like three times over the past three years where I would just go to the Southern California, kick it with my friends there, rent mm-hmm. a car, drive up to San Francisco, hang out with my buddies there mm-hmm. and it was just, and, and that's actually where I flew out of to go to, um, Indonesia and it's just so cool. Social media is amazing, right? Like I really love the fact that mm-hmm. I can text people all day long and see what people are up to and you, right. it, it, it becomes more and more social when you can do like Instagram stories now and Snapchat right. and everything else. Right. But there's something about sitting down and having a coffee with yeah. a friend and, you know, just no distractions and just kind of catching up. I, That's one of the coolest things about being able to move around Mm -hmm. in in my experience.
0: Oh, I bet. And I think people think it's like – like I I always thought, you know, you went on one big vacation every two years or something like that. But it's really about your lifestyle choices. So I'm not down to a backpack like you are, and and I don't know that I ever will get to that level. But just to – like I just went to to San Francisco for a, a long weekend with my son and stayed with a girlfriend and her family, and you just do that. You can do that in this day and age. Yeah. And I would much rather do that, like three or four times a year, than go to like a tourist go to you know a tourist place for a week or two and just see the sights. You know, I want to like be with people and immerse myself in life. That's what's so much richer to me than any of the yeah. other stuff. So yeah, yeah, people don't think you can do that, but you can. I haven't done that drive yet, but um, Southern to Northern or Northern to Southern drive in California, it's so, I, I need to do that. I might have to do that soon.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's, I don't normally want to drive for, you know, seven hours or so.
0: <laughs> right.
1: When I'm driving through a town, a lot of times I just think like, what is it like to live your life here? Right. You know? Cause it's just 15 minutes of my day and it's, it's 70 years of their life or or whatever. And it's, it's just, it's just a real interesting perspective. I think.
0: One of the things I love doing, finding the most local place and stopping in and seeing what happens, you know, (laughs) yeah, seeing what conversations begin. Like we were in Huntington beach and we, a girlfriend of mine and I, and we wanted to um, have like super authentic Mexican food, like the place that everybody in the area goes, not like the fancy places and they they definitely gave it to us <laughs> and uh we had it in fact the uber driver that we had couldn't even find it so it, it we ended up eventually finding it and and i mean the conversations we had sitting outside under this like fluorescent mm. fly, light lit little overhang out in front of the shop with the like the owner was they were golden like you just can't get that if you plan it sure i didn't know and maybe you can tell me this since you are an uber driver so when you get in an Uber driver car, are you supposed to get in the back seat like a taxi or get in the front seat with them? Let's start it's, with that. It's
1: either way. Okay. Yeah. So can, I didn't know he
0: was my first. And so I got in the front seat and my girlfriend got in the back. And, um, like, I just like somehow, you know, I asked like two, like I, it's sort of my trick two questions and see how far what happens. And he, um, turns out was from Iran and he had been, uh, let me think, how is this, uh, po- political asylum? because he was a professor of philosophy and he was teaching a philosophy that, um, wasn't agreed with. And so imagine me knowing Mm -hmm. what you know of me, that someone in the, you know, driving this car starts telling me about his, um, his philosophical beliefs and that he's a, he's a professor of philosophy. Right. I mean, my eyes get like wide open. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I want you to tell me everything, you know, right now in in this, like, so I think it was, he probably would have had a better job finding it if I wouldn't have been asking him 7,000 questions along the way. So, but yeah, I love when that happens out of nowhere, out of (laughs) nowhere, out of nowhere, an Uber driver tells me he's a professor of philosophy and he was like, he's doing Uber because he uh, wants more practice speaking English. So it was really cool.
2: Oh, yeah. That's Sorry. really cool.
0: Yeah. So it's just magic if you just are open to like, like, and you probably get so much of that, you know, where you just meet people in passing and hear their yeah. stories that was because you're all over the
2: place.
1: Yeah. I mean, traveling. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done Uber driving in a while now, but mm-hmm. that was, that was one thing that, that, that I used to love about waiting tables and the thing I love about traveling and the mm-hmm. thing that was so great about doing Uber is just the random conversations. Right. You know, you don't get that. You can't just, I mean, you can just walk up to somebody at a bar or like a library or a coffee shop and start asking questions. But there's something about having that icebreaker to just be open. And for whatever reason, there's this weird thing where you can almost be like real, real open with a stranger.
2: Right. Right.
1: And because there's like that aspect where it's like, well, I might not ever see you again. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my (laughs) dreams and hopes. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what I love about it is the fact that's what I that's the best. That's the magic about it is like I may never I will likely never see this person again. So I can just be completely, completely open. And that's the fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that's like, and you can't really force that. Like even you almost have to be, Mm. you almost have to land in the situations. Like if I go Mm -hmm. out, like when I would, when I was writing those stories more and I would go, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to this like really cool place by the lake and hang out and get to collect some stories. There would be nothing, you know? And then I would be in line at the pharmacy and like, I'd get this golden story out of nowhere, you know? So it's that, that kind of uh, synchronicity I cannot seem to manufacture as much as I would try. It's just got to happen organically.
1: Well, and I think what you just said, the the, when you try Mm -hmm. is when it's too much effort, right? Like there's, there's this, there's this great book called Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. And he kind of touches upon, like he uses this analogy of when you're trying to find like a pin that's a part within the motorcycle you know, you don't find it when you're frustrated and frantically looking for it. It's when you stop and you come back the next day and you just had, you know, a good conversation with a friend and, and you're a little bit more, you're not careless, but you care less Mm -hmm. about it and you, you show up and there it is. It was right there the whole time, but you were blinded by the fact that you had a, um, you know, a more agitated way of thinking about Mm it. Um, and not to say that you, you have agitated way of thinking about it, but it's more of when you're, when you, when you're, when you have less expectations. Right. And, right. and again, people hate when I say that, but I, I'm, 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 I'm I've am i been digging a lot into that, the idea right. of expectations because I, I think it's important, but I think those are the moments where really interesting things just un, unfold when you're, when you allow them to.
0: Exactly. And, and even like, like there's this, you know, when you get on a plane, there's always this, like, who am I going to be sitting next to? And I used to have this thing <laughs> where I would be Like, oh, my gosh, I hope I end up sitting next to somebody really interesting that's going to have great stories or, you know, that I'll have a great conversation with. But then, you know, um, as time went by, I mean, not that I'm the person who, like, like just, like, (laughs) goes crazy on people on planes and they're like, oh, no, I'm I'm next to this lady. It's not like that, but I just mean that (laughs) I would love to have some interesting conversations. But then, sure. but I, I would almost take that the other way where I would purposely not talk to people because I don't want to be that person on the plane. Cause you really can't get away uh, from it, you know? So, yeah. um, on one of my last, one of my flights last year, I was sitting next to this woman and I, I had my earbuds in like the whole time, you know, I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, she, she's clearly is in her space. I'm in mine. I'm not going to be that person. And then like the last 20 minutes we started talking and it was the coolest so it was just like the coolest connection ever. So we ended up like exchanging numbers. We're good friends now. We actually trade oh, services. She's a nutritional, uh, intuitive nutritionist. I'm a, I am ai do some healing work. We trade services. Mm-hmm. And actually, she's going to be on one of the podcast episodes. I'm like, if I would that's have been so trying cool. to make that happen, it would not have happened. But because I was going in like, I'm not going to make anything happen. I'm just going to be here and be in my space. Yeah, It happened really beautifully. So it was kind of funny
1: that's so cool. You know, you just reminded me of this book that I, I read a long time ago uh-huh. and I think it was called replay oh. and it was about this guy who in the opening, he's like an older guy. He's like toward, you know, the, you know, end of his life and he dies right in the beginning. Right. I, maybe I shouldn't give all this away. But Either <laughs> way. I mean,
0: <laughs> uh, we should say uh, something in there like uh, T you know, a uh, spoiler alert. Something uh, like right. That.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it is the, it is the beginning of the book. Okay. Um, and he he ends up all of a sudden, he like dies and wakes up and he's in his college dorm, and he's eighteen again. And oh,
0: I have that dream uh, all the time. okay, go on.
1: <laughs> but and so and so he's he's eighteen again, but he has all the knowledge that he had from a full life lived, right? And he met his wife in college. And he like runs to go find her and he's like, Hey, and they had not met yet. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, he knows everything about her. And he's like, (laughs) and it it freaks her out. And he, he can't, he cannot get her to, um, you know, to accept him. Uh Right. Like, so, so like he, his whole life changes, like he, he ends up marrying a different girl and then like lives in France. And so, you know, like you're talking about, like he tried to force it the second time through. The first mm-hmm. time through, he didn't even know what he was forcing. He wasn't trying to force anything.
0: Right. That that I actually will have to read that book because that's sort of one of my fantasies is being able to go back and do it again. Not that I – I mean not like from a regret perspective, just from a like mm-hmm. how fun would it be to like – be able to do that all again with what I know now I mean I think it's a pretty common thing that people have yeah but it's so not no, so much from like go back and make it all the same but go back and go oh <laughs> wow that that core that calculus course I'm going to so ace that now I'm not going to feel <laughs> it again like I did in college so yeah it would just be fun to go do those things over and wow is that really my biggest dream going back and doing calculus class over <laughs> I'm going to really need to think about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I wanted to um, they we're getting near the end here so i wanted to first of all thank you for that final topic of i need to go back and examine why calculus is the first the only thing i'd want to yeah
1: review. who knows <laughs> you know it, maybe it's important
0: <laughs> well it's probably got a lot to do with my in, insane fascination with albert einstein is probably what that is but um Ooh. yeah yeah if he was in if he was living now i would be like stalking him to get in a conversation on this show like you would not even imagine
1: i think the biggest takeaway for me um over the past few years is just really trying to understand myself better. Mm -hmm. And I think that every person would do themselves great justice to take, I mean, literally take time to Mm -hmm. write and think about what you really want out of life. And, and I think there's a certain, I'm not a very patient person, but I think it takes some patience because you're, you know, you know, I don't know. I still Mm -hmm. don't know, but I, I feel like constantly examining, and, and being able to kind of come to that safe place where I can kind of be authentic and, and be, be honest with myself, mm-hmm. which also can be very tricky. Um, you start to understand that, you know, like I don't, I, I'm, I traveled around a lot. Um, and I, I personally enjoyed it, but I don't think it's for everybody. You know, I really don't. Um, you know, I remember I, I told somebody once, that, you know, I really like traveling and somebody kind of like snap back. and well, everybody likes to travel, you know, Mm -hmm. with this real weird, I'm like, all right, geez, you know, but you know, over time you start to realize not, not, that's not necessarily true. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's great to, to, to really do, um, you know, experiments Mm -hmm. where you can put yourself in situations that, that you just, you, cause you start to learn more and more about yourself. And I don't think you don't have to leave the country to do that. You can go to, a nearby town or, you know, go hiking or go, you know, just, there's so many different things you can do. Um, and there's actually a guy who I think popularized the hashtag micro adventure. So if you get on Instagram or Twitter, just go in there and do hashtag micro adventure and just see what different things people are doing, because I, I think it's smart to do once a week or every other day, whatever you can do to kind of shock your system. Um, and, and, and constantly kind of, um, you know, I'm not saying reflect on it constantly, but have a safe time for yourself. Maybe once a week, sit at a Starbucks or whatever coffee shop, blank piece of paper, just what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's been a, a very valuable practice for me. Um, and I, you know, I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I, I like that. And I, I especially like, because just that taking that pause and really thinking is what we don't do. So we have a couple of assignments, people. Thanks for those. <laughs> Uh, So we have to go out and have some micro adventures at least once a week and stop at a Starbucks and write about what's on our mind, which are really both great things that will enhance our lives. So thank you for that. Well, I hope to um, have you back again after you get your book put together and we can talk more about that and whatever your next adventure is. And if we happen to be in California at the same time, at some point, maybe we can drive that drive together.
1: That would be cool. That would be really cool. Okay. Okay. Good.
0: Well, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's been really fun.
1: Yeah. I've had a, this is a great time, Jane. I, and I, I'm flattered that you even asked me to come on. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All
0: right. Well, we'll talk with you soon. Bye now.
1: Sounds good. Okay. Bye.
0: That was definitely a fun conversation. I love the way that he figured out ways to redesign his life to fill him up and actually keep giving himself challenges and that's the whole thing right if we do the same thing every day it gets boring and it's not challenging so basically finding ways to design our life differently so we're in situations to actually grow and learn and have those serendipity moments and he definitely gave us some examples of that so that's what I'm going to do you guys I'm heading out the door here getting in the car going for a drive and looking forward to some serendipity thanks for listening